Hopefully when there's storms like this, kids are just wound up a little more. And uh, that's a good thing. It breeds life. Some asked, were we able to get out ice skating? Um, we skated a little bit right before church Wednesday night and then early Thursday morning. And that was it. And now the ice is junk. All right. But um, anyway, we got a little bit in and maybe it'll warm up and melt it. If not, we may have to um, see about flooding it. Also, let me mention, if you have not driven south of town, about seven miles past Purdy's home, you will want to do that. It is very well decorated, and this is the last year that they're going to do that, all right? Unless God intervenes some other way, but... Um, Last year, what did you say? You had a hundred sets of lights that you had to discard because of the weather last year. So, um, but it is. It is a sight. Load your car up and go down and honk your horn as you go by or pull in the driveway and throw snowballs at their door. No, don't do that. Bring them a plate of cookies or something. Anyway, it is. It's a, it's a great, great thing to see. Let's just bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for the privilege we have to celebrate the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, the more we look at it, the more we stand in awe. And we do rejoice that you did love us so that you sent your only begotten Son. Help us to see the ramifications of that and, Lord, to live those truths out of our lives. And we thank you now for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> We've been looking at what Christmas teaches us. And uh, we saw two weeks ago that Christmas teaches us that the Bible is dependable, accurate, and perfect. Last week, uh, we saw that Christmas teaches us that God loves us, that God loves me. How many of you this last week um, had that thought come to your mind and encourage your heart? You know what? God loves me. You know what? i got to tell you this. Last week, I illustrated about turning the, the water tank on, filling your water tank. So what did Asa and I do this week? It didn't run very long because I had to go back out into the barn uh, to get something else. And, and we both said, we can't forget this. And we both were figuring the other one probably, but whatever, you know. And uh, it reminded me again, um, God loves me even though I'm old and forgetful, right? I don't know what Ace's excuse is, but uh, <laughs> I'm his father. There we go. He doesn't need any help from the peanut gallery, okay? So, um, but today um, we want to look at, at something that I think we often just pass by when we look at the whole Christmas account. 
The angels came in Luke chapter 2, if you turn there, and verse 10, the shepherds were out doing their job, um, keeping watch over their sheep. And you know the account, the angel of the Lord came upon them and, and His glory just lit up the sky. And needless to say, they were, were very much um, concerned. And the angel said in verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then it goes on and says, this shall be a sign. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And, and indeed, they did uh, go and find it exactly as it was said. But you notice that they said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christmas teaches us that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ is God. Jesus' claim to deity leaves two alternatives. Either His claim is true and He is Lord, or His claim is false. And we want to look at, at both of these alternatives and in, in looking at this today um, to really see if his claim is not true. If Jesus Christ is not God, He is not Lord, then that would mean that Jesus was a liar. That He came on the scene, He would have known that His claims were false. He would have made deliberate misrepresentations. Throughout his ministry, um, he said, I and my Father are one. Throughout his ministry, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And uh, he clearly then would have made deliberate misrepresentations, which meant that he most definitely would have been a hypocrite. And, and not only that... In giving misrepresentations, as only a man, if he was not God, as only a man, he not only gave misrepresentations, but he misrepresented people that would affect them for all eternity, that would condemn them to an eternity in hell. He said, I am the way to the Father. If he's not God... He made a deliberate misrepresentation. He was not the way to the Father. He really was acting as a demon then, an, another characteristic. If he is not God, he is acting on behalf of Satan as a, a minister of falsehood, leading people astray and, and leading them into falsehood. And ultimately... If he was not God, as a liar, he was a fool, and he died for it. Now, some people 
think of Jesus Christ as a great moral teacher, a great moral man um, that, that truly did teach some, some great principles, but that he's no more than that. If he was not God, that means that he was a great liar, and that means that he would not be able to be held up as a moral teacher. If here was someone that deliberately misrepresented, that deliberately lived a hypocritical life, that deliberately led people astray, and, and, and spoke falsehood, you cannot hold him up as a moral person a great moral teacher. Many people that deny the deity of Christ say, well, we'll give you this in, in essence that Jesus was a great leader. He, he had an impact on, on earth, but he was no more than a moral man. No. If he's not God, Jesus is a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a hypocrite. He's a fool who ultimately died for his foolishness. He deliberately would have led people astray. That is on one hand. If Jesus Christ is not God, if Jesus Christ is not Lord, is He a liar? Or, secondly, if Jesus Christ is not Lord, He would be a lunatic. The measure of your sanity or your insanity, is the size of the gap between what you think you are and what you really are. See, if I say I'm the greatest hockey player in Iowa, well, that's foolish and I was going to say arrogant. It's just foolish is all it is, okay? There's a gap between what I may think I am and what I really am. If I say, I am Napoleon Bonaparte, you say, he's lost it. He's clear off his rocker. You would identify, if I maintained that and said that, you would say, this he... He has lost his mind. There is a great gap between that. If I or anyone else were to say, I am God, that's the greatest gap that there can ever be because that is between finite, limited, and infinite, which is God. It's the greatest gap possible. So if Jesus Christ came on the scene and He made claims that He was God, if He did not know that His claims were false, He was sincerely deluded. And He was would be considered a lunatic. 
if Jesus Christ is not God, you have to come to one of two conclusions then. He is a liar or he is a lunatic. William Lecky, one of Great Britain's most noted historians and, and a fierce opponent of Christianity, saw the effect of true Christianity on the world and he wrote this. It was reserved for Christianity to present to the world an ideal which through all the changes of 18 centuries has inspired the hearts of men with an impassioned love. Christianity has shown itself capable of acting on all ages, all nations, all temperaments, and all conditions. Has been not only the highest pattern of virtue, but the strongest incentive to its practice. The simple record that of these three short years of Jesus' active life, it has done more to regenerate and soften mankind than all the disquisitions of philosophers and all the exhortations of moralists. Here is not a friend of Christianity, but he steps back and he says, you know, this isn't just something that is normal. This isn't just a, a one man. Over 18 centuries, he was saying at this time, it has shown that the followings of this lunatic or liar are applicable to every age, to every nation, to every generation, and they have had a profound impact on, on building and enhancing and changing the lives of people. Wherever Jesus Christ has been proclaimed, you can see that lives are changed for good and nations for the better and God changes um, thieves to be honest and, and brings hateful people uh, the opportunity to have uh, uh, that hate replaced with the love of God and causes unjust people to embrace justice. It's, it's not a coincidence. Psychologist Gary Collins, in writing about Jesus Christ, said, Jesus was loving, but didn't let his compassion immobilize him. He didn't have a bloated ego, even though he was often surrounded by adoring crowds. He maintained balance despite an often demanding lifestyle. He always knew what he was doing and where he was going. He cared deeply about people, including women and children, who weren't seen as important back then. He was able to accept people while not merely winking at their sins. He responded to individuals based on where they were at and what they uniquely needed. All in all, I just don't see signs that Jesus was suffering from any known mental illness. He was much healthier than anyone else I know, including me. I mean, you think of the various things. The, the, the crowds thronged to him, but he wasn't puffed up with uh, arrogance as a result of it. In a day when... when uh, People were, women and children were disregarded. 
He elevated them to a place of respect. He had none of the signs of, of insanity, a great gulf between what he thought of himself and what he really was. But if Jesus Christ is not God, if He is not who He claimed to be, then His teachings are either the rantings of a lunatic who sincerely thought He was God but wasn't, or they are the words of a liar who knew He wasn't God but said that He was. So, you have two branches here. If Jesus Christ is not God, He was either a liar or a lunatic or both. If Jesus Christ is Lord, as the Bible exhorts us, Jesus said in John chapter 8, Before Abraham was, I am. Meaning, I existed before Abraham. I am God. In Isaiah we read, I am the Lord. There is none other beside me. Peter gave his famous um, definition when, when Christ asked him, Whom do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This was revealed through my Spirit. Mark opened his book, and, and one of the first things that he said, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that Jesus is God. Dan Brown, several years ago in the book that he wrote, The Da Vinci Code, said that Constantine um, turned Jesus into a deity and that his deity was invented at the Council of Nicaea, roughly 325 A.D. It's interesting. You go back in history and you can find believers and unbelievers in the first century, which is before Constantine or the Council of Nicaea, both believers and unbelievers that will testify that Jesus Christ indeed is not just a normal man. I, I'm not going to take the time to go in and, and list the various quotes of this. But it's evident throughout his life that he not only said this, but that he backed it up. We looked two weeks ago at one evidence. He was born of a virgin. Joseph was not his father. He is Lord. And when the angel said in Luke chapter 2, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, Christ the Godhead. This is God in the flesh, God incarnate. See, it comes down that... Each and every one of us must decide what we believe about Jesus. Either He is a liar, a lunatic, or He is Lord. 
as as I uh, started being exposed to to these possibilities, I thought, you know, an excellent bumper sticker would be liar, lunatic, or Lord. You must decide about Jesus. And you know what? Everyone has to decide. And the reality is, what you decide has eternal consequences. People can dismiss Him. And, and that's the amazing thing about God. He, he presents the truth, and then He leaves it up to us. He doesn't force us, but He leaves it up to us. We can decide Jesus Christ is a liar. Jesus Christ is a lunatic. You can't say Jesus Christ is just a, a good moral person. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or He is Lord. And if you understand these choices that we make, what will you do with Jesus? A songwriter said, neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will He do with me? Do you understand the one thing that every person in the world has to come and they may decide by default, but they, they have to decide what are you going to do with Jesus. We sometimes say around our house, no, make a decision. No decision is a decision. And people like to say, I don't, I don't even like to think about eternity. I don't even like to think about religion. Well, you don't have to think about eternity. You don't have to think about religion, but you have to think about Jesus Christ. What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? And either it's liar or lunatic, or it is Lord. And tonight we'll be looking at the ramifications. If Jesus really is Lord, what does that mean to me? As a believer, as one who says that Jesus is Lord. And we'll see tonight, this third point that we mention here, what you decide will affect how you live. If you decide, oh, Jesus Christ is just a crazy man, you know, it doesn't matter. It'll affect how you live. You won't have a standard in your life. You won't have a, a moral standard. You'll... you'll be susceptible to the relativism that sweeps our day and, and will sweep you along. But if you decide, you know, Jesus Christ really is Lord. And you decide that in your heart and say, you know what, I'm acknowledging that in my heart. It's not just a one-time decision to call upon Jesus Christ. It then is the decision, you know what? He is the master of my life. He is the one that's now in charge. It's no longer me being in charge. I am submitting to Him because He is God. He is worthy. He is my substitute. He took my place. He loves me. And I can depend on His Word. It is dependable and accurate and perfect in every way. 
What you decide about Jesus Christ should have a profound impact on how you live. Philippians chapter 2 basically sums this, this whole principle up. It tells us how things are going to end in Philippians chapter 2. It says that Christ, an, an excellent passage of, of uh, tells us of Christ's coming. He said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He knew that he was equal with God. He didn't think he was usurping authority to be equal with God. He was God. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a man. That's what we're remembering at Christmas. And being took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Because of that, it says, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, to the glory of God the Father. Do you understand? We can choose today, ah, he's a liar. He's a lunatic. But someday we're going to, every knee is going to know, and every knee, every heart is going to know, and every knee is going to bow, and every knee is going to acknowledge, wow, Jesus Christ is Lord. Sad to say, when many people do it, it'll be too late. It won't affect them where they're spending eternity. Every knee, you think of that. Every person that has mocked and blasphemed the name of God, Every person that has said, he's not God, he's, he's just a man, and we're going to stamp out this foolish nonsense, and these people that blindly follow the Bible, and every one of those is going to come back. And no one is going to be saying, he's a liar, he's a lunatic. Everyone will say, he is Lord. Is it evident in the way you live your life that He really is the master of your life? It's not just something, oh yeah, I, I know He's God. Is He the Lord of your life? Does that, does that bear weight in your life that I'm no longer my own? I'm bought with the price? And I am His. He is my Lord. What we're remembering here at Christmas, and what Christmas teaches us, is that this babe that was born in a manger is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the Lord. If it's not, we might as well shut down everything and throw 
every standard that we think is established through the Bible out and say, forget it all. But what we're celebrating, He is Lord. Is He the Lord of your life? Heavenly Father, I pray today that You would help us to be instruments of Your Lordship. Lord, I pray for any individual listening this morning that has never bowed to trust You as the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Lord, I pray today that they would call upon You. Lord, I pray for each believer listening today God, I, I pray that we really would allow Your Lordship to affect how we live. I pray that we would be instruments that would help people to see that they have to decide what they're going to do with You. Either You are Lord, or You are merely a human liar or lunatic. Lord, we rejoice today that You are the Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice that the message came, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Lord, thank You that in Your greatness You were willing to humble yourself and become a servant and take upon the form of a man to pay the penalty for our sin. We rejoice today and we come before you in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.